And so I would like you to give a really awesome Freedom Fellowship welcome to Pastor Pam Park. Well, I'm so excited tonight. Y'all don't even know what's been going on, all the discussions we've been having on healing. But tonight is the gifts of healing. So as I've really been getting in the word, I feel like God's really given me more clarity on it. Uh, but how, do you, how many of y'all really believe he's the same God? Yesterday, today, and forever. How many of y'all in here need a healing in your body? Right now, you need a healing in your body. Well, hey, we're doing pretty good. Hey, well, let's just believe that we're going to, the power of God is going to hit this place and healing is going to take place. I'm believing that. I have a short little a video. It's four minutes. I want to show it. It's a testimony. And I believe everybody's faith is going to begin to raise up. And you know, one of the things I want to say, don't let what happened to Aunt Jenny or, or Uncle Harry that they didn't get healed. Let's just throw away all of that and let's believe the word of God. The power of God. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm believing that his word is truth. Now I want you all to believe that tonight. And I believe the gifts will be in operation. And I believe mental torment. I believe sickness, cancer, headaches, whatever it is. I believe the power of God is enough to hit this place. And sickness has to go. Do y'all believe that? I do. Hey, like somebody told Mary Lou, your faith will have to heal them because they didn't have much faith. But I believe there's enough faith in this house for the power of God, the supernatural power of God to be demonstrated in here tonight. Uh, does everybody have one of these packets? We're not going to work do this tonight, but I wanted to give this to everybody. It's a healing school. You could go through each one of these scriptures. A lot of people that I uh, talk with, when hold on, let me get this. When I ask them, you know, are you standing on a scripture? A lot of people can't even tell you a scripture that they're standing on. So how are you going to stand on the Word of God if you don't know what the Word says about healing? So this is something you could methodically go through and build your faith up for healing if you need healing in your body. Because we don't want to, you don't want to wait till it hits you. You already want to know the word before, you know, when it, the, the attack comes, you want to know the word, okay? So tonight we're going to talk about the gifts of healing. We've already talked about uh, discernment, words of knowledge, and the prophetic. And tonight we're going to talk on the gifts of healing. I've studied a lot about healing, but I've read about the gifts of healing, but never really dug real deep into the gifts of healing. And as I begin to study, God is making it very clear to me that as the body of Christ, there is many gifts. And I'm believing that there are people in here that have the gifts of healing. I believe there's going to be healings tonight. Uh, I, I mean, I just believe that. And I, I don't care what people say or their past experience. I believe the word of God. 
And so as we have our panel, and after we have the panel, don't leave. We're going to give plenty of time. We're going to minister at the altar. Uh, we're going to pray together. We're going to believe and release our faith together to see people healed. I believe that. Are we believers that believe? Amen. Come on. I believe. So you've probably already heard this before, but faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit all. To another, and I'm just going to go on this one because that's what I'm talking about. The gifts of healing by the same spirit. Okay? So he says, but the manifestation... What does that mean? The manifestation. God wants the manifestation of the gift to become visible and to be known, to be something that was hidden that has now been made known. Okay? He says uh, to, by either by teaching, to bring forth in the light the power of understanding. So tonight, as I go through this, you're going to get some understanding about the gifts of healing that God has given gifts to the body of Christ. And as one of the gifts of healing, he's going to bring light. And I'm also going to show you that maybe you do have the gift of healing. But because of certain things, you've never stepped out into the gift. Okay, so we also said it's been given. That word given is to give one something that is to his advantage. So God wants to make manifestation. He wants it to be visible, the gifts of healing, so it will be an advantage to the body of Christ. How many of y'all like an advantage? I like an advantage, okay? If you got American Airlines, you got advantage points, okay? And you use that card so you can get those points and you have an advantage. Well, God has not forgotten the church. God has given the church an advantage. The gifts, okay? And that word profit means to collect or contribute in order to help the body of Christ. God wants the body of Christ to be helped. He doesn't want you lying in misery, lying in these things. And there's so many different ways uh, that we can't even get into tonight. The way that God heals. We don't put God in a box. Okay, so however he wants to do it, I'm going to go with what he wants. You know, the other day when I was uh, in the prayer on a Tuesday morning, I, it just came to me. I heard the word synergy. So many times we think of synergy as like new agey or I don't know. But I heard the word synergy. And when I looked up the word synergy, it goes right along with this. It means the combined power of a group. We're a group, a combined power of a group of things when they are working together. That is greater than the total power achieved by each working separately. 
So synergy, the gifts of the spirit, is when we all work together, okay? It says here we're going to achieve more power by working together. Well, I don't want to have the eye. I want to be, you know, I want to be the leg or I want to be the head. (laughs) I don't know. But God distributes the gifts as he wills. And if he's made me an eye, I'm an eye. (laughs) You know, if he's made me a head, I'm going to be a head, okay? Teamwork at its best results in a synergy that can be very productive. So I want us all to be synergized in our giftings and our callings of what God has for us. Everybody in here has a calling. Everybody in here has a destiny. That word gifts means a favor which one receives without any merit of your own. How many of y'all ever got a gift and you didn't get to tell the person that gave you the gift what you wanted, right? And you get this gift. And sometimes you like it and sometimes you want to re-gift it, okay? But God has given everybody in here some type of gift that you can't earn it. We were talking the other day about all the old faith healers like Oral Roberts and, you know, Catherine Kuhlman. And so many of them got off track. But so did David. So did Noah. So did so many. God knew that a lot of them were going to get off track. God knew that Dave, what David was going to do. But God still used him. God can still use you. Just step out in faith and believe God. Now, I love this. When I looked up the word healing, the gifts of healing, it comes from the word ima, and it, listen to this, it means, of course, to heal, to make whole, but it also means remedy or medicine, And I started thinking, well, how's the gifts of healing come, you know, with medicine? I mean, we think that's doctors. But when I started to study that word medicine, when in the term of that Greek word, somebody that has an understanding of medicine. And I was thinking about Dr. Cowden. Could you have the gift of healing? I know you got the gift of knowledge, but you have an understanding of medicine. So when I looked that up, when we go, if we go to the doctor, we want a doctor that has the gift of understanding of medicine. That also is a part of the gift of healing. So did you think maybe you got the gift of healing, Dr. Cowden? You do now, don't you? <laughs> the Greek said it, so it's got to be true, okay? <laughs> so in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, so it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to uh, excel in those that build up the church, okay? Let me see what my time is, how much time I'm going to have. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 30, all of you together are Christ's body. 
and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those who do miracles, the gifts of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who can speak in an unknown tongue. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in an unknown language? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? He goes, of course not! Exclamation. Of course not! So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you the way of life and that is the best of all. And then he goes right into 1 Corinthians 13 about love. Okay? Some people get sidetracked with spiritual gifts. Some become more obsessed with the gifts than they with Jesus. You know, some people that you, you know, you gotta go to the next faith healer. You gotta go there. You gotta, and they get more obsessed with the gifts than they do with Jesus themselves. Believers begin to follow signs and wonders instead of one signs and wonders following them. This is the sign of immaturity. The word says that the signs and wonders will follow those who what? Believe. I am a believer. And I hope you're a believer. If you're not saved, we'll make you a believer tonight through the power of Jesus Christ as we give you the opportunity, okay? So if we're a believer, we got to believe that signs and wonders will follow us. So here it is. The gifts of healing is the supernatural manifestation of the Spirit of God that miraculously brings healing and deliverance from disease, infirmity. It's an extraordinary power uh, operating in a believer's uh, life through spiritual gifts, skills, abilities, or knowledge given by God. Paul tells the church that the purpose of supernatural gifts is to edify believers and glorify God. Everything we do, we want to we glorify God. So, you know, as I started thinking about this, it was the only one of the gifts that said that was plural. Gifts of healings. And as I started saying, I'm like, well, what does that even mean? Gifts of healing. You know, many gifts. I believe God uh, heals in many different ways. I believe there are many gifts when it comes to healing. And we just heard one about medicine. We know that laying on the hands, we know what Jesus, I believe that the woman with the issue of blood, when she she felt the power go out of her, uh, out of, you know, it went through her and into him. I believe that was a gift of healing. Because it felt like electricity went out of his body. And I'm going to explain a little bit more in just a minute. Okay? So, uh, get now I want you to get this. I know this is a lot in a short period of time, but I think you'll get it. The gift of healing is different than the operation of healing 
or when Jesus said, I give you authority. All believers have been commanded to lay hands on the sick. So why are we not seeing more believers that's supposed to believe laying hands on the sick? But the gift of healing is different than the operation of healing. Because we know in Mark 16, 16, you know, he said these signs will follow. You're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to speak with a new tongue. I mean, he commanded us to lay hands on the sick. That is not the gift of healing. I believe the gift of healing is a function. Like uh, Prophet Ron, uh, Ron functions in the office of the prophetic. Uh, Elder Ed functions in the office of a teacher. Pastor Harold functions in the office of a pastor. So there is a function of the gifts that is given to each person as the Holy Spirit wills, okay? So when we know in Mark 16 that the sign of a believer, the purpose is to confirm the word of God. It is to confirm the word that there would be signs and wonders. You're at Walmart. You lay hands on the sick and somebody gets healed. That's to confirm the word that as a believer that signs and wonders will follow you. Okay? Every believer can hear the Holy Spirit. Like I just said, but not every believer will hold the office of a prophet. Every believer can lay hands on the sick, but not every believer will function in the office of the gifts of healings. And we all know is what's going to happen next week is uh, faith and miracles. You can't operate without faith in anything. Just like on that video, I'm learning to hear the voice of God. Could I lay hands on you and pray for you? And look what God did. And we talked about this the other day. There's some people going to say, nope, I don't want you to pray for me. Don't get discouraged. There's somebody else. There's a lot of fish out there for you to lay hands on. And, and you know, let God perform his word. Every believer has been commissioned to pray for the sick, but the gift of healing is more potent, more intense, and more effective and he said that we could desire we can passionately ask for the gifts and I'm going to give you some show you some things that you might wanting God might be wanting to use you in the gifts of healing I believe mental illness can be healed you know, we talked about this. We're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. We all just want our physical healing. I want my physical healing. I got to be healed of this. But you're never dealing with the inner wounds of your heart, of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. When Jesus told the woman with the issue of blood, you have been made whole. I believe the torment of the 12 years and spending everything she had on doctors but only grew worse. Can you imagine the torment of being unclean, of being separated from everyone, the mental torment, the depression? 
I could just imagine when the power went out of Jesus. Boom, she was made whole. The depression was gone. You can get healed, but still be depressed and still be sad and still living in the past. If you don't deal with the emotions of your heart, the past, you will not be whole. If you have unforgiveness and bitterness and you've never dealt with the molestation or the rape or the abuse of your parents, you will never be made whole. You won't, I mean, don't you want the whole thing? I don't want just a partial piece of God. I want the whole thing. As we say, the whole enchilada, right? We want it all. Acts 1.1, the former account I made. Now, I said this perfectly the other day. Oh, Theophilus, of all that Jesus began, both to do and teach. So many times we just want to teach, teach, teach and not do. And so many times, sometimes you just want to do, do, do. But you don't teach or you don't study. But Jesus, he, he began to do and to teach. That's what we do. Was a demonstration of the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 6 through 7. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He confirms it. He commands it. Why aren't we seeing more of the supernatural power of God? If I don't have the gift, there's got to be somebody in this building that has the gift of knowledge, the discernment, words of wisdom, healing and miracles. But you're not stepping out in faith to use your gift. All right, I'm going to do this real fast and then we're going to we're, we're going to do our because I know we, how many of y'all have a lot of questions? Are we getting a lot of questions, Joe? Is he back there? Do we know if we're getting a lot of questions yet? I'm sure we are. But that number is up there. And uh, begin to ask your questions. Because I have questions about healing. I have questions of why some people have not been healed yet. But I know one thing. When I've done all, I stand. What am I standing on? I'm standing on the word of God. And I don't believe when we're standing, we're just like this. I believe we're standing with the word of God coming out of our mouth like a two-edged sword. I believe that the word of God is truth. I believe that as we put on the whole armor of God and we, we come against the enemy's tactics, wants us to give up, wants us to get into doubt and unbelief because Aunt Jenny didn't get healed. Or, or so I prayed and it didn't happen the way I think. I don't know about y'all, but the uh, Proverbs 3 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he'll direct your path. He'll direct your path. Okay, here we go. How do we know 
if maybe you have the gift of healing, number one, you're drawn to the sick. I mean, you're just drawn to, uh, you're in Walmart, you know. Uh, well, the cashier says, well, I've got a, a migraine headache. And you said, well, you know, the power of God can heal you. You're drawn to the sick. You get bold. You begin to declare what God's word says. Number two, you have a deep compassion for the sick. I love this. If you don't have compassion, the people just begin to become crowds. If you don't have the compassion and you care about people, you care about the crowds and not the people. Because, you know, a lot of churches don't even have healing lines anymore. They don't even have altar calls anymore. So it's just about the crowds, and it's not about the people. And I had to do a little repent myself on that, Lord. If it's ever been about the crowd and not the people, forgive me. Because we can all get busy, and there's somebody right there next to you, but you don't have time. Compassion will keep you long-term. Number three, you have a tangible manifestation of God's power around you. Like, like the woman uh, with the issue of blood, you can feel heat in your hands. When you pray, the Holy Spirit surges through your body like electricity. God directs you with a picture of the wound that needs healing. Your hands shake with the power of God. So that is the tangible manifestation. A lot of people will get heat in their hands. Have you ever had somebody lay hands on you and their hands are just hot as fire? The electricity that it becomes in their hands. Kenneth Hagin used to say it would come on his hand. I forgot which one. Do you know, Sandra, which one it was? But there was a certain hand. And, and when that happened in his hand, he knew it was time to heal. You oft, um, the Holy Spirit surges, surges through your body. Your hands will shake. Number four, the sick are drawn to you. The demon possessed, the demon oppressed is drawn to you. They're just drawn to me and Betty. I mean, we could just be somewhere and they're going to manifest, okay? But when you need healing in your body, the sick is going to be drawn to you. Number five, you have a great, you have great faith. With every gift comes the faith to operate in it. Number six, the sick is healed. <laughs> I mean, the sick is healed. And so as we get in, we're fixing to have our, uh, our council up here so we could get our chairs. We're just going to change. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you the top three strongholds hindering your gift of healing. I don't want to be hindered, do you? I don't want to be hindered. How many in here you already think maybe you might have the gift of healing? Raise your hand. Oh, look at the people in here. Come on. So let's have our little council up here. Mary Lou, uh, Pastor, Dr. Calvin, you're coming up here. Is Elder Ed in here? Uh, Elder Ed in his orange shirt. How could I miss you? <laughs>
You know why I wanted this? Because I knew y'all were going to have a lot of questions, and I didn't know if I could answer them. So between all of these people that have a lot of knowledge, I think we're going to get through this, okay? So the Joe's going to begin to call them out. And um, my, my first question is, if God's commanded us, he he's said that, you know, I've, I've given you all this. Why are we not seeing more healings in the church body? Well, one of the things that we, we've been discussing is so. We have a lot. Um, you know, we hear about all the healings that take place in Africa and all the third world countries because they don't have doctors. They don't have hospitals. They don't have ERs they can just run to. And we're, I think because of the culture is one of the reasons we don't see it because we're, we're already conditioned. Uh, how, many, how many of you, when you get a headache, you don't even pray about a headache because you don't think about God in a headache. You just think about an etcetrian. Yeah. And so I think we've been programmed. Uh, I, I'm throwing up. I better go to the ER. And, and God's kind of an afterthought so many times. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons. Does everybody know Dr. Cowden? No. Yeah, there we go. Tell everybody. Just tell us. They don't know you. That's what they said. <laughs> he's he's taught here on Wednesday nights before. This is Dr. <laughs> well, Lee they Cowden. They said they didn't know a lot of them don't know him. At so one time well. a renowned cardiologist, but yeah. now he's gone into functional medicine. And you've sure. been how long? How many years have you been doing functional medicine? Uh, since 1975. 1975. A few years. Yeah, a few. I say Dr. Cowden is a brainiac. Yeah, yeah, want, it will hurt your you, head if you, you listen you to him You can ask long. him any question about any medication, <laughs> any symptom you have, and off the top of his head, he doesn't look anything up. He's not referring. It's like it is wisdom and knowledge, Yeah, and it's unbelievable. He has the gift of healing. Yeah, well, you know, if you stick to something long enough, you finally learn something. Yeah. <laughs> Humility, too. <laughs> yeah, in, in this country, uh, we have a lot of programming going on especially in the media, the TV, you know, there's, there's a pharmaceutical commercial every, every other commercial. And uh, so we're, we're taught well that, uh, that every uh, symptom that we have, every illness that we have is a pharmaceutical drug deficiency. Uh, and it just isn't so. And, uh, you know, we should learn first to call on God for whatever problem we have. And then Next, examine our mental-emotional status because sometimes we uh, inadvertently trigger something going on in our physical body because of something unresolved in our mental-emotional body. And then then after that, start working on the physical things, but not with drugs. Start with diet, with uh, some supplemental nutrients, with uh, detoxification, uh, drinking enough water, getting to bed at the right time, all those kind of things. And as a last resort... A drug. <laughs> <laughs> the last resort. Okay, Joe, you got a question for us? Uh, yes, ma'am. We have the first question. Great question. Uh, what is your take on people who say that it's God's will that they should not be healed? What's your take on that? I totally disagree. I totally disagree, too. You know, I, I, Jesus is the healer. His very name means salvation, and part of salvation is being healed, being delivered, being set free. Good. You know, forgiveness. Uh, one thing that comes to my mind, 
uh, he told uh, one person that he healed, he said, uh, your sins are forgiven. And then they questioned, only God can forgive sins. He said, so that you'll know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, take up your bed and walk. So it's hand in hand. It's, it's not a just forgiveness. That's important, of course. But he's the healer. The Bible says, Hebrews, I think it's 13, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he hasn't changed. So why would we think healing is somehow stopped? And this whole thing about it being God's will, where did that come from? I think that's a lie directly from the devil mm -hmm. that, that that person believed. And uh, not everything that you hear, either in your mind or audibly, is, a, is the truth. A lot of it's lies. I think also that if you believe that, that it's God's will that you not be healed, uh, then you, you have an excuse. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to exercise faith. Well, I'm just going to give glory to God in my illness. I just don't see that, that you give gl glory to God in your illness. I think you give glory to God when you're healed. <laughs> hey, look, I'm sick. Thank you, Jesus. No, that just that's, doesn't register, does it? No. You know, so good, good father. What does a good, good father do? He heals. Next question, Joe. Mayor, yes. Mayor, 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 I, one thing I was going to say there is I think you can give glory to God when you are battling an illness if you're doing what God has called you to do. Yeah. You know, if you're not sitting in bed waiting to die, but you're like, okay, I know everything may not be perfect in my life, but I'm moving forward because he's in me. He's given me the strength to do it. And that brings the glory to God. I really believe with all my heart. So I, I think one of the most discouraging things when Pam and I first started looking into healing is um, the minister of education at our, at our church, his wife had, uh, was it fibromyalgia? Mm -hmm. I mean, debilitating fibromyalgia. And uh, she said, well, it is, this is a glory unto God. I'm just suffering through it. And we just couldn't wrap our brain around that. But back in that day, uh, we were praying for people, but you, no one, you can pray for anybody unless you had a pastor title or a pastor's wife title. And the regular people in the church were not allowed to pray, so we got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Imagine that, Pam and Mary Lou getting in trouble. <laughs> Okay, one, last, one next question. Can multiple family members in different parts of the country be healed simultaneously if illness is a generational issue? God can do that's anything. <laughs> God can do anything. So that, that's, uh, to me, it's a no-brainer question. Uh, I'm not going to say that's the way it always happens, but... If it's generational, that doesn't, doesn't stop God from healing. But it is individual. I think what they're saying is, like, if I renounce a generational curse and I pray for healing, is everybody in my family, can we be healed? Well, it'd be great if somebody would tell them to it, you know, tell you about it. Because I, we know, even on the generational curses, so much of that is declaration. But you can break a generational curse of your family. We've talked about this many times, but it's going to be their choice. Right. If they participate with the curse. And also Jesus became the curse for us. Amen. Now we might have a, a bent to operate in that curse, but we are redeemed from the curse of the law of sickness and disease. And I believe that with everything in me. Amen. Yeah. 
many, many years ago, there was a book written by a, a Dr. Kenneth McCall, M-C-A-L-L, and it's called Healing the Family Tree. And uh, I believe that's the name of the book. But anyway, he was a surgeon, and he went off to war, and he saw a soldier get wounded, and he saw a layperson come up and lay hands on him and pray for him, and that soldier was instantly healed. And after he got home to, to England, he couldn't get that out of his head. So he stopped practicing surgery and went back to study healing through the spiritual. And he would collect histories on patients on a big piece of paper on one wall. So he would start with the patient's name in the middle, and then he would go up as far as they could go on the parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and far down as they could go on the children, the grandchildren, and so on put beside each person's name all the stuff that was affecting them. And then he would have the patient and another clergy person come to his office and they would pray over that piece of paper, and especially the patient that was there with them. And what they, what they found is that not only would the patient become well from whatever thing that they were bothered with, but the other family members would start calling the patient and say, you know, that problem I've had for all these years, it went away. Which day did it go away? That day that, that uh, I was prayed for. Praise <laughs> God. Next question. How can you tell if you're dealing with a spirit of infirmity rather than just needing prayer for healing? I think a, a demon is pretty easy to cast out. <laughs> I mean, if it's to me, if it's demonic and you give the command and you have the authority, the, the spirit will have to leave. I mean, it has to leave and you will notice healing in your body. I mean, what do y'all think? I know as you were speaking, I'm wondering, and I'm, I'm not saying I know this for a fact, but is torment involved? <laughs> That's the thing that comes to my mind, torment. A tormenting spirit? Mm-hmm. That can be a tell. Yeah. And not every sickness is a demon. Dr. Cadden, would you discuss a little bit more? Because I know that you so believe that illnesses are attached to emotions. Would you give a little bit more insight on that? Because it kind of goes along with the, the... So if you, you know, cast the demon out then we got to start looking for emotional and things like that. Yeah, it's been my observation, uh, working with lots of patients over lots of years, that uh, very often there is a demonic influence in that uh, person's physical maladies. Uh, but uh, there's also an emotional connection between that spiritual influence and what's going on in that person. And so... A lot of times I found that I had to work on the patient's uh, mental emotional status for a time before I could even help them get set free from the demon, which then would help them get set free from the physical malady. And Dr. Cadden, we've had discussions many times about healing, but you told me before that so many diseases are rooted in anger. Can you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, <clears throat> and, and then that's pretty clear from the word that... Uh, you know, Matthew 6, 14, 15, Jesus said, you know, if you, if, you know, forgive others so that God will forgive you. And if you do not forgive others, God will not forgive you. And there in, uh, at the end of the book of Mark, uh, Mark 11, 22 through 26, uh, Jesus said, 
you know, whatever you believe in your heart and hold firm to your faith will come to pass, even casting them out in the sea. But as you stand praying, forgive others. So they must be connected. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't put them together. So uh, I believe that, uh, that, that demons basically feed off of our emotions. Okay? And so the easiest two emotions for the demons to get riled up in us are fear and anger. Okay? And so when we get angry enough, then they get fed. When we get fearful enough, they get fed. So if you don't want the demons to affect you, then stop feeding them. <laughs> Amen, Dr. Cowden. Amen. We can go home on that one right there. <laughs> Just stop it, he said. Stop it. Okay, next question. How do you know if you are the person God wants to operate in the healings? How do you know if you're the person I think, God I wants think to you address that. explained it while ago. Yeah. Could, <laughs> you're going to be drawn to the sick. The sick's going to be drawn to you. You're going to have manifestations, maybe some kind of manifestation. Um, compassion. Believe, compassion, yeah. And people are going to get healed. <laughs> but you may not. Your hands may not shake. Your hands may not. They may not shake. But that is one of the could be I mean, one through Jesus like I, that. I think one thing that maybe wasn't said, and this may be off, but uh, people that get words of knowledge for people, mm -hmm. uh, especially if they're sick, and they, they immediately know you're sick, you've got this going on, and you don't know them from Adam, you, so you have a heart condition, think then that may... <laughs> That's usually a great time to pray for somebody when you have a word of knowledge. But you know, so many times we have a word of knowledge for somebody at the altar and nobody gets up. When God gives that word of knowledge to somebody, God wants to heal you. But either because of fear or what will everybody think or I'll be embarrassed or whatever, you sit in your seat and you miss your healing. But it's faith that makes you get up. But it's, it's the faith. faith. I don't care what, like the woman, I don't care what people say. I'm going to get my healing. Yeah. <laughs> one more question, probably, Joe. Well, no, yeah, it's yes, ma'am, we have we just time for one last question. It, very specific question. Is it true that cancer can be caused by unforgiveness? The last question. I'll start there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in, in the, in the uh, 35 years that I practiced, I never saw a patient with cancer who did not have anger as a contribution to the cancer, ever. Okay. That would get you set free right there. Yeah. And so, you know, there's many things to get somebody over cancer, uh, but one of the highest priorities is to get them to choose to forgive. What I help them to to understand is that by holding on to anger towards someone from the past, they don't hurt that person. They're only hurting themselves. So I say, are you tired of hurting yourself? If you're tired of hurting yourself, then now would be a good time to forgive, okay? And it, it's not forgiving because that person necessarily deserves to be forgiven, but you deserve to be well. You deserve to receive the blessings from God. And you're blocking your own blessings from God. I got a vision years ago. Uh, I was I was standing uh, and having some anger towards somebody, 
and I saw a brick in my hands all of a sudden. And so I put the brick down at my feet, and all of a sudden, as I continued to have more anger, I saw another brick, and I put it down at my feet, another, another, another. Pretty soon, I built a brick wall all the way around myself, a brick wall of anger, okay? And then uh, I saw, oh my goodness, what have I done? What, what can I do? <laughs> and I saw inside this place where I was a hammer, a sledgehammer, and on the handle it said, the sledgehammer of forgiveness. Okay, so I took up the sledgehammer of forgiveness and knocked some of the bricks out of the wall, and then I forgave that person. And then I knocked some more bricks out and forgave that person. And knocked more bricks out and knocked that, you know, forgave that person. And pretty soon, I started having my health back. Amen. That you know sounds what? like a good video. <laughs> that yeah. would be a good video. Should be get some bricks. Video. You yeah. can get that all set up, Yes, <laughs> Lindsay. Any type of cancer? Yeah. Uh, uh, cancer, a lot of people think cancer is some, some foreign, uh, foreign uh, cells attacking our body. Uh, it's not, you know. The, 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 uh, I guess the person that fi figured that out the best was Dr. Reiki Hammer in Germany. But uh, he figured out that we're all going through life collecting toxins physical toxins as we go. And at some point, we have an emotional trigger. For him, developed testicular cancer at age 50-something was the sudden death of his son, his only son, okay? So his, the testicle is trying, trying to, you know, procreate. So he developed you know, most, most testicular cancers in 20-year-olds, not 50-something-year-olds. And so he resolved the emotion of, of, uh, of you know, loss of his son, and his testicular cancer went away without surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. And then his wife also had breast cancer at the same time. He resolved the emotional conflict in her, and her cancer went away without surgery, radiation, or chemotherapy. And then he did that for 6,500 other patients that had stage three and stage wow. four cancer. Wow. And so the five-year survival rate for those patients that he treated that way was 92%. To give you a point of reference, most of those were stage three and stage four cancer. Stage three cancer typically has about a 25 to 30 percent five-year survival rate, and stage four cancer has about a five percent five-year survival rate. So 92 percent is a whole lot more. Wow! You know what I feel like? I think we just got to obey the Holy Ghost here. That if there's somebody in here, if we could just dim the lights a little bit, maybe. Um, I feel like there's people in here as we were talking about this that you've had unforgiveness and anger. And I feel like God wants you to deal. And I want Dr. Cowden, if that's you, stand up right now. Maybe there's something going on in your body. And because of the unforgiveness and the anger, Thank you, Jesus. you just can't yeah. seem to push through. Anybody else, this is your moment. The word of knowledge is here. Don't be embarrassed. Dr. Cowden, I want you to pray over these people. And then I'm, I'm not even going to teach. We're just finished teaching. We're just going to go right into healing. Yeah. Father God, uh, you know what's in each person's heart. And uh, you know how to resolve those issues that are going on with their heart. Father, I pray that you'll give each person the, the strength and the foresight and the courage to make a choice 
to let go of the anger and frustration and bitterness and resentment and rage from the past toward whoever it is for whatever reason. Father, some of the things that uh, have been done to people here in the audience have been very difficult to forgive, and you know that. But Father, I just pray that you will send your Holy Spirit to make it easy for each person to finish letting go of the anger and, and uh, bitterness and resentment and rage and unforgiveness. And I pray, Father, that you will fill each person here with your Holy Spirit to continue uh, working in them uh, all the other things that are necessary uh, for their uh, healing mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. In Jesus' name. Now, what do they need to do? So, so now that uh, we prayed, we, you have God's Holy Spirit helping you to release the anger. So if you close your eyes, close your eyes. and pic picture the face of the person that you have unforgiveness toward, uh, and say their name silently in your mind, whoever it is, I and say this, I forgive you, I choose to forgive you, and I do forgive you both consciously and subconsciously for everything that you've done or failed to do or said or failed to say that has caused any anger, frustration, or pain in me or in anyone else that I care about. And Father God, I pray that you will help me completely release all the anger and I pray that you will fill that void that's created with your love and joy and peace in Jesus' name. Everybody just take a deep breath. Say, Lord, I forgive. I'm not going to be sick. I choose to forgive. I choose to let go of the anger. I will not carry it any longer. I release it right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. And you, it was so important to speak those words aloud as well because, you know, you hear those words and you're, you're bound to yourself. If you, if you honor yourself, you're bound to yourself to follow through with the words that you spoke. And probably others that were here also heard the words and wants to help you by holding on to that uh, blessing by praying for you. So... Uh, you know, be, be sure that uh, if you need additional prayers to be able to hold on to that unforgiveness that, uh, that you've let go of, that you ask somebody here uh, to be your prayer partner, to be, account to be accountable to them, that you don't fall back into your uh, unforgiveness. Okay. Well, how many of y'all ready to pray? Yeah. 